Welcome to episode 9 of season 8 of the KBB Review podcast. I'm your host Andy Davis and yes this is episode 9 so it means that this is the penultimate show of this season. Next week we will round off season 8 before we have a few weeks off to tidy the loft. But that doesn't mean we're winding it down in terms of subject matter, because today we're looking at what has become a real growth area for the kitchen retail market, and we could definitely do with some of that at the moment, and that is outdoor kitchens. Now, these are kitchens that are, well, they're outdoors, aren't they, in the garden? If I'm honest, that was pretty self-explanatory, wasn't it? They've shut up in popularity since we all took a new interest in the totality of our home during lockdown, and customers with a few bob are looking to utilise their outdoor space as much as indoors when it comes to entertaining and cooking. So my KBB Review colleague Chris Franklin has been talking to two retailers who are already doing it to great success. We've got old friend of the show Richard Hibbert from KSL in Sudbury and we've got Richard Kingston from Bell of Northampton. So you've got two Richards for the price of one and I promise this is packed full of top tips and advice for anyone looking at a bit of natural diversification in this way. But first... Do you want to receive all the latest news, opinion, analysis and features from KBB Review twice a week? Of course you do. Your taste is impeccable. You can subscribe to our newsletter and get it all delivered straight to your inbox. And if you already get it, then why not sign up everyone else in your business and beyond so you can all talk about it at lunch like Love Island. Simply go to kbbreview.com forward slash subscribe today. My name is Chris Franklin, and today I'm talking to two retailers who have made the move into the expanding outdoor kitchens market. Why do they do it, and what's been their experience so far? We have Richard Hibbert from KSL Sudbury, who's also National Chair of the KBSA, and joining him, Richard Kingston, who is Head of Outdoor Living Division at Bell of Northampton. So, uh, welcome to the two of you. Thank you. Hello. It would be good for you to go through and tell us a little bit about your business. So, uh, Richard Hibbert, do you want to kick off for us? Tell us about KSL. So, we're based in Sudbury in Suffolk. We've got a 34-year-old family business that that started in 1989, started in kitchens and, and gently expanded from there. We added bathrooms and added bedrooms and had a move in between. Sort of 18 months ago, we added the, the outdoor kitchen side. Okay, and so uh, Richard Kay, uh, tell us about Bell of Northampton, which I know is a, a many-faceted KBB business, isn't it? It is, yes. It's um, a long-standing retailer. We're currently celebrating our 125th anniversary this year. We've evolved much over the years. We used to be a manufacturer as well, but we're predominantly a, and only a retailer now. We cater for kitchens, bathrooms, fireplaces, flooring and um, outdoor living and have a, a long-standing colour shop as well, which is where sort of the outdoor living departments really stemmed from. Been doing gas since the 1950s and evolved the gas to fuels and also gas grills and charcoal barbecues and, and subsequently into outdoor kitchens as well. So, yeah, we cater for all manner of outdoor living product. So on to the subjects at hand and on to outdoor kitchens themselves. And starting with Richard H., would you like to tell us briefly so when and why you decided to uh, make your first steps into the outdoor kitchens market? I've always been interested in food. I've always liked barbecue and outdoor in general. I, I probably started looking at it five years ago. And just as an interest, we had some space at the showroom. It was ticking over in my mind, but I didn't have that much knowledge of the quality end of the market, I guess. I knew what I knew and that was about it. So I sort of embarked on learning everything I could about outdoor kitchens, suppliers locally and and much further afield, garden, garden design 
and everything like that. And then I, um, lucky enough, went on the Goldman Sachs course, met a lot of good people and, and really drilled into that uh, outdoor side when I was on that course. And, and on the flip side of that course, just after the main COVID outbreak we launched it with a with a small number of suppliers and looking at high end high quality with a very growing market which okay bell of northampton as, as you alluded to has diversified its offering pretty much to every room in the house and i guess outdoor kitchens were a logical progression so when and why did you start we started about four years ago doing outdoor kitchens as a retailer we've been doing internal kitchens for decades and have the designers and have the skill sets in-house to, to do that. But we had the relationships with the brands as well for outdoor living. So it wasn't too much of a change for us to get involved in that. We, we felt that we could handle that really well and had all the skill sets to, to do it bespoke and modular. And it was just a, a matter of when, not if really. And there's been a nice addition to the store. People come in now for not just one grill, but multiple grills because there's many different ways of cooking and, and they want them, but in a nice, nice setting outside, not just a cart dumped on their patio that looks a little bit of an eyesore in their top end house. Yeah, indeed. The interesting statistic I came across is uh, that on TikTok, outdoor kitchens were the third most searched for garden trend. And so I think as you you were alluding to, the pandemic focused people's attention, didn't it, on outdoor entertaining and using the garden more. Do you think that was a, a real catalyst for that market and for retailers to enter it? Yeah, I think so. I think that um, the particularly good weather and lockdown started and, and people needing and wanting things to do certainly helped. And People tend to come in and they've already got a grill and, and they want to do something different that they can't do on their existing grill. So, yeah, I think that probably has certainly helped. Barbecuing, I think, has, has had for a long time been a very price-driven, cheaper product. But actually, the quality of grills now is very much up there and, and having a kitchen is just a further evolution of that. Yeah, and to the other, Richard, your your view on that? Yeah, and, and I think other sectors have seen uh, the UK as a as an option as well there's a lot more european suppliers coming in properly and and as the uk we always have to have things slightly different so our obviously our gas certification is slightly different so it was a bit of a leap for them to do it before now they're seeing good traction so there's much more available and then they're bringing their marketing and 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 everything else that brings as well but sometimes a big event or change is something that can push something through and certainly maybe we woke up to the fact that our garden is really valuable and we could definitely be making more use of it at the same time that that people couldn't go out as much so it was definitely an advantage on that side. One of the daunting things I imagine is looking at a whole brave new world of kitchens a whole different range of products and brands how did you decide what to do and where to go for it? Well, I've been looking and building up a, over over sort of about three years, building up an idea of what I wanted and what I didn't want. And where our, our interior products, we like to fit a bathroom, a kitchen and a bedroom in it, and it'd be something that, that lasts 25, 30 years. And we give them the service afterwards and everything like that. And what I didn't want the outside to be is throwaway or, or lower quality detract from the brand where someone's used to having good quality and then they they get something that rusts or or breaks down and which a lot of them can do and especially in the price driven side of it then they're, they're not built to last so i particularly went looking for 
items that were stainless steel. If they had trims on them, they were stainless steel. They were high quality. They give good service. And also they weren't plastered everywhere, so it's a little bit unique. And in that side, that I could be a little bit unique in ourselves and bring a small number of suppliers together that work together. Uh, and that's what we've done. We've probably got six brands, two outdoor kitchen brands, and then then some grills and supplementary products. But actually going and feeling, seeing, researching, we did a lot before we ended up with the brands. And now on the flip side, I mean, this morning I've had someone in a retailer looking at adding outdoor kitchens and finding out what we researched, you know, what the showroom looks like, what brands we've got and what they look like and feel like. We've, I'm, I'm getting regular retailers visit or speak to me about it and why not, you know. Yeah, and, and, and Richard Kay, obviously you had a little bit of experience with some of the types of products. How did you wade through the brands or, or at the time you went into it, were there not quite so many as there are now? The sort of ethos in the store is we deal with mid to high sector products not overly price driven on on them and that was transferred into outdoor living really and and the kitchens so we had some brands that were getting into it and there were clearly some brands in the market where the the products were good quality that fitted a certain demographic so you can stretch that price ladder a bit um, and we have done so but ultimately we don't want particularly poor quality product or or something that's not going to last and People that come in for a kitchen that spend a lot of money would want a similar sort of quality in their outdoor kitchen as well. So there were there were some you know pretty good givens that you know we weren't going to move away from. Yeah, because I, I suppose as you say, um, the kind of customers that you have and are used to dealing with, they buy a kitchen, they're expecting it to last well. I mean, certainly ten to twenty years, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely, and they want that quality outdoors. Whether they're going to use it half a dozen times a year or more. They still want to walk out of their kitchen and, and enjoy a quality product, and, and that's what we can offer. It kind of strikes me that the real differentiator for retailers like yourselves is you're not just selling a barbecue or something, as you say, that you just plonk down on the patio. You're selling a proper outdoor kitchen needs to be designed and configured, something above and beyond what the sheds are offering. Was that the key behind your approach, Richard H.? Yeah, it was a continuation of quality being trusted by our current crop of clients uh, and having a, a set of clients that we could instantly market to but yeah doing something different and uh, and I did see a lot of lower end product that really didn't last and we just wanted to be different but yeah being able to use our design led I think the showroom sort of reflects it as well you come into an environment that's higher end and it just it just oozes that quality then and uh, allows them to, to feel the, the the quality and and the value in in the product. Do you feel the same, Richard Kay? Yeah, I think customers are led by retailers and what is good quality and what not. So they expect for us to tell them that actually this is a good product and the reasons why. I think that our reputation of being such a long-standing retailer helps support that. I mean, you, you both already mentioned design. What were the challenges when it came to designing a kitchen for the outdoors as opposed to the usual indoor kitchen? Uh, Richard H? I would say in a lot of ways it, it's simpler there's certainly less to get around, I guess. We have chose products that look nice front and back. So we haven't, you know, if we did want to freestand it, it hasn't got to be something special. So in that way, it's fairly easy if the customer wants to move it as well, that they, they're not hampered by that. A lot of them have got configurators and, and then there's a lot of one piece, you know, small runs. 
And because the majority we're seeing are doing maybe a three-meter run, it's fairly easy to do fairly quickly. It just depends how, you, how each retailer then wants to present it and price it and everything like that. But we find that we can talk to someone in the showroom in front of the product and, and deliver almost a, an instant price as well. But on the flip side, we're dealing with a lot of garden designers and, and developers in that way where they're coming to us saying, we've got a three-meter gap. And then they're adding it into their full garden design, so whatever their drawing package is. So we're, we're seeing a lot of that. I suppose also there's a lot of flexibility because many of the, the systems are, are modular, aren't they, and can be moved around or reconfigured. Yeah, and, and that's, that's another thing with what we're doing. We're not doing anything completely built in, so nothing has to be built, nothing has to be clad, nothing has to be solid structure. So if a homeowner does spend 25000 on an outdoor kitchen or, or more and then decides to move for whatever reason, they can literally take it with them. And it is their product that they, I mean, one of our suppliers, the first thing they said to me is you leave it in your will. That's the, that's the sort of quality of it. And, um, you know, it's almost to that you take it with you and, and you would leave it to someone, to be honest. You wouldn't leave it with the house. And that was important to us as well, that you get full value as the customer. That's quite novel, isn't it? Because most people are used to selling a house and the kitchen stays there. Although yeah, exactly. I understand in certain foreign markets that isn't the case, but that's another story. Yeah. It kind of struck me as well that it opens up the possibility of bringing in a whole new set of customers as well as selling to your existing customers. It's going to bring in people you've never dealt with before. Richard H., have you found that's the case? Yeah, we, we are. I think because of the value of it, we're really not trying to push Although we are doing a few individual products, we're not trying to push just selling one grill or or just selling one oven or something like that. We're we're aiming at outdoor kitchens in total. So we're not trying to market those smaller projects, but we're certainly seeing people that maybe even don't aren't as interested in their indoor kitchen and are spending on the outdoor. And interestingly, we're having people come in the showroom for an indoor kitchen asking for less in their indoor kitchen because they do a lot of outdoor cooking. And that's been an interesting step change to see how much outdoor kitchens has grown and changed in the clientele is that they're actually asking for less ovens in their indoor kitchen because they do a lot of outdoor cooking. An awful lot of kitchens these days, open plan in larger houses, especially where there have been extensions, uh, have kitchens that go out with level access to a patio area anyway, don't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's becoming indoor-outdoor for sure. Some want to replicate what's indoors and outdoors, and that's possible. But yeah, those indoor-outdoor areas and being flexible in the garden of moving stuff. We've got some stuff on wheels, and we've had customers who've had new builds, and one section is covered and, and sort of sheltered, and they use that in the winter for cooking. And then it goes to the main patio area in, in the summer months. It's definitely very interesting. I mean, the one thing that strikes me is what many retailers may see as a stumbling block is being able to display outdoor kitchens uh, in a way that does them justice. Richard H., how have you approached that? We, I mean, we're quite lucky because we moved our warehouse next door and, and added a bedroom show, and we sort of had a quarter of that space with its own entrance to an outdoor area already there that we're using for um, displays um, when displays came in and, and, and things. And so we could we could steal that area, and it was quite easy to replicate like an indoor-outdoor um, area. Apart from that, I mean, there is a lot of retailers that haven't got either the outdoor space or the space inside to do it. 
it is also quite an expensive startup depending on what you do because generally speaking the products you're buying are are not the same display rates that you get on your indoor product and because you're it's modular you're taking it in and you sell it you can sell it at the end it, it does take a bit of finance to put behind it and if you want to take on certain grills sometimes there's a stock element that you need to take on you need the space but you also need a, a bit of a pocket you put your hand into regularly and and a bit of time because it is a step change from your original product yeah and i suppose if people only have an indoor space it will cost a little bit if you intend to try and actually make that look like an outdoor space with the addition of i don't know maybe some astroturf and things like that yes yeah, we've we've sort of added micro cement and uh slap walling slap fencing green walls uh, and things like that and built an indoor pergola as such there is a plan afoot to have an external pergola and a bit more planting in the garden and 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 stepping it up that way but um yeah i'd certainly say if you're new don't have too many suppliers don't stretch yourself too thin and um make it look right but do it steady so initially at bell the displays have been indoor but but you are going to get some outdoor displays yeah that's right we've got two indoor at the minute that have done well and look look really good and, and have been refreshed this year and plan is that we'll do more demos outdoors of course next year and, and actually have a further kitchen out there to demo from and, and gives people a sense of how how they may or may not weather you know the quality of them you know will, will last but people want to see that and, and see that it's been out outside for one or two years and, and feel confident that it will remain in good condition another, another topic that crops up whenever retailers are thinking about this is installation and i remember talking to one outdoor kitchen manufacturer saying that one of the main benefits is it's a much quicker and easier install uh, richard h have you found that to be the case yeah i mean i mean being modular and the, and the kit we have the the one thing is it's a lot heavier so you have to be careful on that side i mean we've got a tail lift on our vehicles and things like that one of our suppliers does do a white glove service and we would tend to use that if we were doing it ourselves just because they take all the hassle they can lift it in they can fit it and they know exactly what they're doing so we do take advantage of that and also with the developers and um, garden designers they've got landscapers and even when we've offered the white glove service they've said no they do it themselves so it's been very little from our side but to be honest, it's, it is fairly straightforward and you've got the beauty that you're not scribing it all in. So if someone goes, well, actually, I want to move it a metre, it's, it's not it's not the end of the world generally. No, and I guess from what, from what you're saying as well, you feel you're kind of safer to leave it in the hands of, of a landscaper or a garden architect to do that than you wouldn't really want someone installing your indoor kitchens in that way, would you? No. Richard Kay, have you, have you found the same installation easier and quicker? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you're right. Because, and I think Richard H touched upon this, there's no specific measurements of a kitchen. They tend to want to be freestanding. I think the challenges come with actually getting the decisions from him and her on what, what they want in the kitchen and what colours. The guy's got a certain idea on how many grills and actually the, the other half wants it to look right, not necessarily being overly cluttered but yeah installation a lot simpler can be done in maybe a day um as long as if there is a water supply that's obviously there and and, and dealt with afterwards but yeah freestanding and done in a day hassle-free the other thing i mentioned earlier is different types of products uh, in terms of what people 
are putting in their outdoor kitchens. What are you finding are the popular products at the moment, Richard H? Coming into it, I was more set on what we were going to do and what we weren't going to do. And 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 actually, I'm finding it, we're having to be fairly flexible. And actually, that's been helped by our outdoor kitchen suppliers. They've got access to grills and things that they put in their product as well. So we can be fairly flexible. And we've got product now where if people want to do a lot of tinkering, a lot of playing, a lot of low and slow cooking where they want to be in control, then the Kamado grills and the charcoal are very popular. But we've got pellet grills where it takes the guesswork out of it. Pizza's still very popular. We do wood-fired pizza ovens at the table that sit on the table, sit on any structure, and um, they're popular. And they're, and they're being used um, not just for pizza, but for, for meats and you can bake in them and all sorts of things. We're finding that where before you used to have maybe one gas barbecue or a charcoal barbecue or whatever you had, it's now you're having multiple. The fridge is popular. Sink, if they can really do it, is popular. But having something like a gas grill and a Kamado grill or a gas grill and a pizza oven or even all three is becoming very popular. But it's very it, – we're finding us, I guess, being at the high end where people can – be specific people are being very specific about their needs and and yeah we're, we're meeting them really whether that's just quality or some of them have got chefs involved so they're they're actually they don't cook on it themselves they they have chefs in so but that's a consideration so we find that we have to be very flexible on that side mr k what's your experience there i think people tend to want you know, gas grill is is, is the centerpiece or the, the core to their kitchen. And that's a given. And then a uh, charcoal grill is very close to it. But the pizza ovens is a massive one as well that, that Richard H has touched upon. You've got the versatility with that. And, and you can certainly entertain with people with that particular product. Whereas with a, with a gas and charcoal, you cook on it, you close the lid, it does its job, does its magic, and then and then produces quality food at the end. Whereas with a pizza oven, you've got families, partners, children that all love to see the flame and see their pizza cooking and get that spectacle as you're using your kitchen. A good variety of products is certainly why people end up going into the kitchens because uh, that's the point of it. Yeah. Would you say, both of you, that this is an area very much worthwhile looking at for retailers who aren't in it at the moment? Uh, yeah, and I think I think the established ones with a bit behind them. I think if you're if you're a new a new business, you've just started kitchens, then you certainly need to focus on your on your one thing. We've built up gently over over the years and added product, but like I say, you you need a bit of time. You need to do your due diligence properly. You need a bit of space. It needs to be done properly, and you need a bit of cash behind you to do it. And just start slow and build up. I, I, I said to someone the other day, I think it's a three-year project to really get it going properly. And then by the end of by that year three, you're then thinking about specific staff for us maybe on outdoor or, or training other staff involved in it. So I, th- I think you need a bit of a plan. You need to do it properly and, and you, know, you need a bit of money. So I think an established business it is, but it is on the flip side, it can be very lucrative as well. Richard Kay, what would your advice be? Yeah, I mean, I think Richard H sets upon a good point. It's a, it's a three-year project because we introduced it four years ago and have just changed and learned a lot from our first display about what people want and don't want. So I think that's a really, really valid point. You know, don't just go in and think to have everything because it's not going to work like that. The specialist, the 
people, the designers that you'll have to support the customers, the training in that is really key because there are lots to consider about how a customer wants to cook. So you've got to, you've got to get that right with down the line and, and is still learning. And, um, you know, it's expensive to put the displays on and, and get them done right properly the first time. Being merchandised very well is also is, is super important. Thank you both for your time. And uh, it's been very interesting talking to you about outdoor kitchens. Clearly, it's an area that uh, some resellers need to consider. Once again, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks. That was KBB Reviews, Chris Franklin, talking to Richards, Hibbert and Kingston. Huge thank you to them for their time. There's loads of opportunity there, isn't there? Especially if you have access to some outdoor space in your showroom, I think. I know retailers have also had stands at local outdoor country fairs and things like that when they're doing this, which is a great opportunity to land some solid leads, I think, especially if it's a sunny day. Don't forget to subscribe to the KBB Review newsletter or encourage everyone in your business to do the same. Simply go to kbbreview.com forward slash subscribe. I'll see you next time for the last episode of Season 8.